Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 18 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Jorge Dulmin and I'm joined by Mr. David Charney. Hello Nate, hello everyone. Hello Dave, what is up? What is up? The sky, birds, um... There's no up in space, man. Um, isn't every direction up? <laughs> yeah, it's, or, it's relative. Up or is that space. down? It's relative. Yeah, no, not much. Uh, just uh, just kind of holiday here, so uh, oh, beautiful yeah. weather, so I'm, I've been away from the computer a bit. <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing exciting i've i've not had i've not been uh not been in storyline much i've been we've been really busy at work uh bunch of deadlines yeah. and so it's kind of like work 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 and then holiday and so it's like my brain is just yeah. um trying to figure out what's going on yeah how about uh how about yourself yeah i think maybe maybe this year i'll i'll remember but uh I feel like every year, you know, this spring slash summer projects sort of creep on me in 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 terms of amount of work that is well that it arrives suddenly, you know, and I I guess really you know it, the 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 January is sort of slow, but then quite quickly February March it picks up, and then I'm super busy, you know, until. July and then you rush to get things finished before you go to the seaside and um, yeah and I hope I'll remember this for next year (laughs) (laughs) well you probably said that last year I yeah I probably because I I'm the forgetful type so (laughs) you know this time of year it's uh this time of year it's people will say well it's due in October, and you're like, "Oh, October, that's way out." But then you you look at the calendar, and it's like it's like in a week somehow. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's the, you know, especially when you get a couple of projects at once, and it's like, okay, all right, yes. well, let's yeah. plan this out. Yes, having multiple projects at once at once it's a challenge, which we're gonna talk about later. But first, one small tip for dealing with text boxes in Storyline. So, you know, when you when you have a text box and you want to change something, you know, in terms of text, you 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 know, you click in it, there's a cursor and you start typing or deleting or or, or anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, sometimes there's a situation that's really, you know, it's hard to click exactly where the text is. Uh, so, there's a super easy way, and it might not have been obvious, but you can just press any key, and the cursor will appear in the text box. Uh, you know, so if the text box is is maybe behind another object, or it's just I don't know, just sort of hard to click where the text is. You can mm-hmm. press any key, the cursor will appear. I usually press Enter because I'm afraid of maybe inserting a letter that I want don't want to insert. So you press Enter. Uh, focus goes in the text box, cursor appears, and y- you type like you own the world. Hmm, nice, nice, easy, quick tip. Yep. And now to our main topic, the project challenges we had uh, where we learned something or maybe we were prepared because, you know, we felt like something might go wrong and you know it could be anything could be technical could be scope of the project could be that the client is 
not decisive enough and keeps changing his mind. Might be the payment, so might be schedules. A lot of things are going on, and we listed here a few of our experiences, uh, and we're gonna share them with you. And let's start with payments. And in the brackets, I see that Dave, you also had this issue, sort of, or a challenge. Uh, maybe you can start. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah, payments are always, uh, and I'll say too that with a lot of these project challenges, hopefully over time we there's less and less of them. You know, I think, of course, learning from your mistakes is important, and we try to do that. So I, I, I mean, I'm, for this, I wanted to think back a lot too, and you know, the way I used to think about things, the way I think about them now. Yeah. Um, payments is certainly one of them. You know, you're always in situations where, of course, you need to make money um, to, uh, you know, live. And um, yes, but the of course the the client or the customer wants their project. They need that. So you know, what's a mm-hmm. good balance between what you're going to pay, or I'm sorry, what they're going to pay, and what you're going to be able to provide. And, um, you know, we're kind of at a point now where we make decisions based on the length of the project and, um, and, uh, you know, knowing like in my case, we've got some contractors and employees and, you know, a number of people who work on this stuff. So, um, what we might do is we, we start off with, you know, a cost at initial initialization. Um, but then there's milestones along the way and, um, ultimately, there's a final cost. Um, Nate, so I could certainly go into some things, but you know, how do you typically uh, handle um, payments? With the hammer. No, just kidding. With a hammer um, and invoicing. <laughs> yeah, the, the metaphorical hammer of invoices. Uh, <laughs> well, typically, uh, I used to go for for you know, 50-50 split, so 50 at the start of the project and 50 at the end of the project because, you know, if if the project is, I don't know, it takes a month or longer, uh, in the meantime, you have to eat. So it's 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 good to have to get some money up front. I mean, especially if you're working as a freelancer, you know, it's that you just cannot wait for, I don't know, 45-minute day payment terms or something like that so it's good to negotiate that up front um and and there's a just maybe a a hint uh, that i heard uh, somewhere that if you know if the client insists like yo our terms are like i don't know 30 days payment you can say okay no problem i'll invoice you now and i'll start in 30 days it's no problem i (laughs) i can do that so maybe you know if you can negotiate that 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 that's that's a win um, but over time, and we discussed this before, Dave, I, I, I saw that it's a problem with 50-50 that, you know, you start with the project, it's great, you get 50% of the payment, um, and then you're like almost finished, but then somehow the project starts dragging on. You're, you're waiting for the client to give you feedback, to send corrections, just just to check the course. Or, you know, someone's waiting for someone, then someone gets sick or something, and it just drags along. And you've done like 95% of the work. but So you're eager to get the last 50%, um, which you don't until the project is finished. So lately I've been thinking, and I've also done this with one project, that, you know, you start with 40%. 
at the start and when it's like finished before the corrections, when it's almost done but before the client has had the chance to take a look and provide his feedback, uh, you have another 40% and then at the end when everything is done and patched up, you invoice for the last 20%, and which I think it makes most sense. I think it's fair, and I guess both sides should be happy with that arrangement. And you have something similar, right? Yeah, uh, pretty similar. And yeah, like you're saying, we, we, we like to start off with a some sort of initialization uh, invoice uh, for a lot of the same reasons. You know, th- there might be a, a net 30 or net 45 we're putting a lot of work into something that doesn't really have a milestone until much later. You know, there's a lot of content gathering and figuring stuff out and planning. And, and you know, that's a lot of people working on things and coming up with things. So to have a kind of an initialization fee um, is, is, I think, important. And then you have to figure out what your milestones are. And a lot of people will say um, the alpha or the beta or both if it's a long project um, and sometimes you might even have, if you think there's going to, it's always good to look at what, where you're going to have long gaps of where it might be difficult to invoice. You might say, well, when we come up with the user interface design, that might be a point or that's approved, I should say. And then we always look at where we're at at the end. I think it's very fair when you're in the beta phase and you have 80 to 90% of the project complete. I think it's quite fair to say, okay, um, the 80 to 90% of the project's complete. I think it's fair that 80 to 90% of the project is invoiced. Um, mm-hmm. and, and personally, I like having a little bit of, a little bit left on there for, for final. I think that's very fair to say, um, to, to have that little bit extra on there. But I want it to be fair all the way through. If I do a, an amount of work, um, I think that should be invoiced and 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 we're always kind of balancing that based on the complexity of the project. So we we change it up every time, but we certainly have some more kind of generic uh, invoice milestones, and they're a lot like what you just said. It might be a forty, forty, twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you your middle forty percent? Where do you typically uh, what do you typically invoice that for? Is that for like an alpha or beta? You might have said, and I missed it. Oh, uh, the, le- the so the second forty percent. The second forty percent. Yeah, I'm. It's like your work is done more or less, and then you're waiting for the, you know, for the client to have the the the, the last check to see if everything is in order to maybe provide some feedback if something's wrong. But basically, your work is complete, and you cannot do anything until they check. You know that that at that point. What's the milestone there? Is it like a beta or alpha? It's like all slides are done. I mean, I I really don't use that term. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, so... Yeah, so it's, it's it's around there. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but it's almost... I mean, like, from my perspective, I cannot do anything else. So now they have to review it. So that that would be the, 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 the second 40%. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and we might have, you know, s- small reviews in the middle. That's... That's, I mean, just what, however they want to work and how you want to work. I usually give some updates during the pro, during the development because I want to have quick feedback if something is wrong, wrong. So I don't drag the mistakes throughout the other slides, for example. Um, but yeah, when it's done, it's it's the second forty percent. 
because I just had I just had something similar with this project. I think we started I think end of April. So you know we're recording in July. So that's mm-hmm. a while. And I I think I finished more or less in one month. And then it you know it started dragging because it it because I was sort of outsourced for another e-learning company. So they had to send it to the client, and then the first review came, and there were some fixes, and the second view, and then at that point I was like, guys, I'm I mostly finished, you know. So can I invoice you? Because at that point we we settled for sort of different percentages, but then you know through another conversation I managed to get almost the other fifty full fifty percent. I think maybe it was like forty percent. So, but yeah, I mean. Talk to your clients. If something changes, if you know, if if the the, the game changes, just try it to have a discussion. Try to for, work things out. Yeah, and and I'd say too, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. But whatever your proposal is or statement of work, document that. Um, you know, list what those milestones are and what the percentages are, and also you know, if it's net fifteen day that they should be able to turn around payment. Um, from when you invoice or whatever it is, you know, get in there what is going to be best for you. Mm -hmm. They'll certainly let you know if that doesn't work with them or not within their system. Or sometimes they've got, you know, where um, they can pay in 10 days, but they, their incentive is 2% off or something like that. Um, So, you know, find out what, what's going to work best and document that right at the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. I have another I have another question for you cuz I've been I've been dealing with this a lot and thinking about it and also had discussions with my wife small projects you know like let's say sub I I I'm let's say sub 1000 euros so small projects you know um I'm I'm more or less trying to avoid those uh because I saw that you know it might not take a lot of time to develop. However, you still have the review process, the emails, the negotiation, the invoices, you know, and at the end, you're wasting so much extra time with the logistics that it's sort of not worth it. And also, it, it, the time for the small project, it, it has been taken from the bigger projects, which, which are more, more valuable. So, I'm slowly trying to just say no to those. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, similar. I mean, we certainly want to recognize if it's going to really... A small project can very easily take up a, a lot more time. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Um, but each one is kind of individual, and sometimes it's like uh, maybe we already have a relationship with this person or company and... and mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's easier to kind of get this taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes um, someone's just, they're really in a situation where they need help. And if we can, if we have the talent to do it, then might, you know, if we can help out, we certainly would like to. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a decision. But yeah, I mean, certainly there will be cases where it's like, boy, that is really, you know, we are really working on two projects that have huge deadlines that is going to be difficult for us. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes we can still do it and we can say, look, if we do it at this point a little bit later on, would that be fair? So, yep, always playing around with that. I should say, too, with the payment thing, um, with the invoicing, sometimes if they're real small projects, 
we'll just invoice if the project's going to be done before before we would even before they'd even have a chance to send payment uh we would typically just charge the whole thing right at the beginning mhm yeah 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 no i agree i mean small if i don't know some big company approached me and this is the first time we 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 would be working together i would definitely take on because i would feel like okay this could lead to more bigger projects more valuable projects yep uh but some i don't know you know it's just some small that you just feel it's going to be annoying to, to work on if it, it it feels like a no it, it you know it should be a no <laughs> yeah there's there's quite a bit of uh of a gut feeling there that you have to go with mm so schedules getting projects done on time that is uh that's a challenge yeah <laughs> even i even with our quite extensive experiences i i think i just learned to like add at least 20% of what i think it's going to be <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean at the beginning of a project you don't always know how long a project's going to take so oh. it's great to have some buffer in there just to so you can make decisions and and hopefully uh line them up with uh what needs to get done when it needs to get done but um other times you don't have that buffer and it's like well what do you do you know you can minimize scope uh whatever it might be uh one of the things i wanted to chat about that i think a lot of people that are starting off with this stuff forget is they put a schedule together and they they don't quite have the amount of time necessary for reviews and revisions um and uh as far as revisions go um you know you, you really want to kind of work out with the client what what they're reviewing and what sort of you know you, know, you, you want to have some expect expectations there mhm you don't you don't want to have to basically double the time of a project um for a whole lot of revisions. So it's great to have those checkpoints along the way, milestones to say, okay, is this approved so that you you never have to go too far back to make adjustments. You know, when the storyboard's done, that's approved, that's the content we're going to use for the project. Um so there's all these little checkpoints along the way. But then you get to reviews and um you know, over the years we've certainly run into situations where where the review would um you might not know all the people that the project has to go through, you know? So you might in the alpha stage show the project to someone and they say, um, yep, that is approved and you say great and you get to the beta stage and they say that is approved and you say great and they say uh I just have to show this to legal and um you know, three other groups which is um you know, six more months of reviews. and and you know to me that's really on us the developers who who know that could be a situation to upfront say what are all these review processes going to be um is there some mm-hmm. sort of um legal and regu- regulatory sometimes a big let's say medical company has to run through all those things and it could take an extra 30 days or even 2 months we've been in situations but sometimes they can just say nope i have approval it's just going to be reviewed by me it'll take 2 days so it's best to figure all that out because 
Um, when you're putting a schedule together and you're talking to your client or customer about when this will be done, you don't want to mess that up because you could easily miss deadlines if um, if you're not expecting uh, what what those kind of end of project reviews are going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of those, I I had another situation once where you know everything was done and then you're waiting for the review and you feel like okay the review is going to come in the next 14 days and then it doesn't you know it's like four weeks for example which you know slowly starts to become a problem because in the meanwhile you're working on other stuff so you know right and then out of the blue that review comes in and at that point you know you should sort of prepare the client that if you're not going to send the review in the four, in the next 14 days we cannot guarantee to fix the to fix the course quickly because you know we allotted that time for that purpose and you know the time has passed we're working on other stuff so we we don't know where we're going to finish so i think that's a it's a good thing to have in, in there or just you know to prepare the client that you know we, we cannot just be waiting for you to send and we're all going to jump when the email comes so uh, th- that's good to keep in mind yeah that that's true um, in fact we're in a situation right now where and, and to be honest sometimes you can't sometimes our, our clients or customers just can't move forward you know there's something causing a delay um, but sure sure but they should not be expecting you for you to, to but, but off yeah. Exactly. Sometimes you just have to deal with it. But we're in a situation now where, uh, you know, we brought on a contractor to do some some things. It's a real specific need. And so there was a contractor that was, you know, very good at this one thing. And um, it's just been delayed. You know, it's like, we need you to review the the storyboard so we can get moving. But, you know, there's a delay. and, And we're at a point where, you know, the contractor needs to work on other stuff too, you know, uh, which is absolutely fair. So what do you do, you know? So, and sometimes that could be kind of leverage to get them going again, you know, to say, hey, um, we're going to lose our ability to get this done on time um, if we don't move now. And, you know, hopefully that that might um, adjust their priorities so that we can get moving again. Mm-hmm. I had a similar situation with you with you know getting projects done on time on on this new new client I'm working on because they have uh, small courses every month and uh, it's really strict with the deadline so like you should not be late it should be done on time and you know because it's recurring so it's almost every week there's something let's say or at least every other week uh, I really had to figure out how to how to almost manage time which I don't like to speak of you you just manage tasks because I really had to think hard how to you know have that thing done on time and also work on other stuff and uh, you know in my if I remember back to my school years where I was not the the, the greatest student in the world because um, I did uh, you know um, I don't know if you guys call it like camping learning you know just before the tests uh oh yeah yep yeah so no i like i would not spread things out you know like i had one month which means i'll I'll work for the last three days um and i saw that no i i this this is not gonna work for 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 this this type of work 
And currently, I really when I get when I get the project, you know, luckily it's I can I can see the number of slides, and let's say the slides are more or less are more or less equally sized for for development. So I just I check the number of slides. I see that I have I don't know seven days, for example. I split those up, even even over weekend. Because it just mm-hmm. feels better to have, you know, three slides and three slides than, I don't know, five, five, five. Because if, if you just do a few on the weekend, you know, you can, it, it just feels a smaller challenge day, day by day. Uh, so currently I've tried the tacti- that tactic and I've really done everything I set up to do on, on that day. And it has worked out quite well, you know. I can easily do three to four slides, even maybe five. And then I can focus on other things. And I know that that project has been moved move forward, that it looks great for me to finish on time. And I've been quite happy with this experiment. And I know, I know that there are people listening now like, of course, Nates, are you crazy? You, sh- you should have done that years ago. But, <laughs> you know, you live and learn. So this has been yeah. a great learning experience for me. And it's so much easier to do a few things day by day than you know, build a castle in a day. So uh, I've been quite happy with that. Well, you know, and occasionally we'll be in a situation where we are starting kind of a relationship with a new customer. And it's like, mm-hmm. if they if they have a really small project we can start working on, um, that might allow us to really kind of adjust each other's vocabulary and speak the same language and better understand their processes. Yes. So when we get to a bigger project, Instead of it taking, you know, two months, it might just take, yeah, you know, a month. You know, it's amazing what kind of having gone through the process with someone uh, can can uh, can speed things up the next mm-hmm. times you have to go through that same process again. Yeah, yeah, because you're only going on a bigger project. The process is the same, so it's it's really valuable to have that. Yeah. Yep. Scope discrepancies, Dave. So yeah, scope discrepancies. So yeah, um, this is something that was a much bigger deal earlier on in my kind of e-learning career um, because I've I've just kind of learned to kind of document as much as I can in the proposal or the statement of work. Um, this is kind of the thing where you might be halfway through a project and if it wasn't documented or talked about or you have incorrect assumptions, you know, someone you kind of work on the project and someone says, um, maybe the customer says, now what about the um, audio narration? And you say, what audio narration? And they say, oh, I thought this was going to have audio. And you say, I didn't think it was. And um, that's a situation you have to deal with. And I think people certainly all run into that sort of situation, either with audio or like we've run into it with um, captions, you know, like do we have to have captions, you know? Um, you know, 508 compliance stuff. And, you know, there's all sorts of different little things you can run into. And so at this point, um, you know, we do a really good job, I feel, of understanding all those little variables and documenting in the proposal or statement of work what is important to the project so that it's just so easy when you're working on a lot of projects. A month later, are you going to remember what was determined and decided. And um, I would probably say no, unless you uh, write it down. So um, 
So that's a really big thing for us is to to document that. And you kind of learn what's important to document as, as you go. Um, seat time is another big one um, to document. You know, how, how long are you expecting this project to go? Because if you're kind of imagining 15 minutes, but the your client is 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 expecting thirty minutes. That is a lot of time and work, and um, could even change up the approach that you had in mind uh, for the project. And Nate, you and I were talking a little bit about, uh, like, I've been in a situation where uh, we had the course ready, and you know, let's say it was fifteen minutes, and they say, well, due to the CE, you know, continuing education accre- uh, accreditation requirement that they had it, it, the course needs to be 30 minutes long this was at the end of a project and it's like oh i t- i did not i didn't know that and so you know what do you do because that's a that's a requirement that they need to um yeah it's kind of a goal that was not discussed um an objective and um so what do you do and in that case what we did was um we, we had a we certainly had a lot more information than the 15 minutes so there were some deep dives, some additional information that we were able to work in to, um, and we, we kind of called it out as being like secondary information so that they they wouldn't get overwhelmed with additional information. And then we worked together, I think, two knowledge checks that were a little bit more comprehensive mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, they had to think more about it. You know, that's more time that they can spend. And it certainly is valuable because, um, uh, you know, they're they're applying what they're what they should have learned. So we, we worked out a good way to, to handle that, but it certainly would have been valuable to uh, have documented that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I mean, you, you guys had, had to be quite surprised when you heard that. It um, <laughs> required an internal conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Chairs were flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Um, like we said early on, a lot of this isn't like, it's really difficult for me to to blame a customer for them not telling us that. It's really us who, who are the professionals uh, regarding the development of the e-learning project to yeah um, manage those expectations and say, you know, these things are important to know. And sometimes you you just can't, you, you, you don't know all of them, you know, so you do your best. But um mm-hmm. You know, the more you hear about situations, the more you can consider them when you're figuring things out. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, I mean, that's that's really what the scope thing's all about. It's like when you pour a foundation of a house, I think people generally understand that um, later on when they're, you can't just add another room off to the side of the house. And it's very similar in, in, in what we do, of course. Um, there's a framework that kind of gets created and doing things outside of that framework can take a long extra time to do, but oh, yeah. h- how would our customers or clients know that, you know, they don't know. Um, that's why they're coming to us. So, um, when you're yeah. working through yeah. that scope, it's important to, to discuss those things or document those things in there as well. You know, like, Hey, this is when we really have to know things so that we, we can move forward without having to take steps back. Yeah. And relating to your thing, I and managing expectations and <laughs> project scope. I had one one project last year which was not, you know, one of the best projects ever. 
and it the problem was that uh, you know the client had the powerpoint sort of the base for the the project and we went through the powerpoint together i wrote down what we would do on each slide and then i developed that and then it got revised like a million times and even extra yeah. stuff added slides removed you know just almost like the almost twice the size of the whole thing <laughs> and and yeah and that i had to so i had to sort of make a value call what to do now and yeah and like you said i should have prepped the client beforehand you know to really narrow the scope or not narrow just just to set the scope and set the process more thoroughly um because usually there were no big no big problems so this was the first one i i countered and uh, so yeah so my my call was just okay let's do this this is a new client it's a big client it's it's supposed to be a long term relationship so i just you know let that go i let them know this is a bit more than we said but it's it's okay this is our first project mm-hmm. and luckily then you know when it was finished they were also they hosted in our lms so there was extra revenue there and you know it all turned out once it was it was done it was quite okay <laughs> uh but definitely a learning point for me cuz uh i did this just you know went array or it totally out of scope uh so yeah i learned that and i have definitely been stricter from that point on yeah it's difficult too it's difficult to it's to kind of put all the all these restrictions in place and still be able to be kind of creative with a project. Um, so it's, you just have to kind of balance it out. But yeah, we've been in that situation too with revisions. Well, in fact, I, I think I was just saying about like scheduling and, you know, you don't know that it's going to then go to like four other groups. And so if you know that, if you don't know that, then suddenly you get all these revisions back. I think another thing that's important with revisions that we run into sometimes is that um, it's important to let the the customer know that you really need one point person for that to gather whatever yes. revisions are out there yeah. and make the decisions on what's a revision or what's not. And I, I think it's still fair from from us, the developers, to call out something that might be out of scope, but um, at least you're getting back kind of one set of revisions and you have one person that... Um, that's kind of your point person that's kind of helping you gather whatever these revisions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, you know, I saw sometimes if there are multiple people involved, you see that comments are not really addressed to you. It's more like, should we change this to black? And you're on the other side like, I don't know, should you? Should you? And, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just things yeah. they haven't settled among themselves. So it should be really yeah. just one point person. They gather everything. They make the decision, decisions and you get the filtered info. Otherwise, it's just all over the place. So having a committee of reviewers, it's, it's a bag of hurt. That, that's true. It is, it is difficult sometimes when they kind of come back as questions and you just you don't know if you want to make the change. Actually, I, I like sometimes <laughs> you get stuff back and people are just so kind. You know, they're like, would it be okay if you if we change this? Yes. Like I every love every every comment is like, please would you consider adjusting this? And um, you know, yeah. it's it's like um I really appreciate um 
how kind yeah. you are, but please feel free to be a little meaner to us and say, um, we should change this or we should adjust this or change this. Um, yeah, yeah. And especially, you know, if it's really, you know, one click somewhere, it, of course, no problem. We'll do that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we expect that. I mean, there's ex expectations that yeah. we don't nail it perfectly. Um, and and sometimes things have to be somewhat built for you to see what they're going to really be like. Mm -hmm. And you just have to kind of yeah. Yeah. deal with what those changes might be. Yeah, that's why also, the you know, the sort of alpha process is there, as I yeah. guess you, you call it like that. And yeah. sometimes we'll build like a prototype if yeah. it's really important for someone to get a feel for what this is going to be. And sometimes it's for us too, you know, it's like, yeah, is this, is this even possible? Yeah, we tell, does this you know, work? We, we tell them this is absolutely possible. And then we go, is this possible? And then we, <laughs> we prototype it together, but then we've got a prototype, show them and they yeah. can approve it and... Again, you don't have to take those steps back. Yeah, figure out some details you didn't foresee or they didn't foresee, you know. Yeah. Usually with, co with some complex interactions, there's always a bunch of questions later that come up, uh, something like, but what if this happens? But what if that happens? You know, like they, they foresaw four out of eight. So, yeah, bunch of follow-up questions and clarities. Yep. Uh, no. Bunch of follow-up questions and clarifications. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Yep. Um, okay, we have one last line here. You wrote down clients dislike the user interface designs. I I don't think I ever had that because that's something we tackle at the start. Uh, so what what's what's your story? <laughs> What's your story, what's, Dave? <laughs> what's up? What's up with this? Um, yeah, well, and this does happen at the beginning, you know. So, um, but, you know, we spend all this time working on user interface designs. And sometimes, usually we're, we knock it out of the park. And, but occasionally it comes back where, ah, we just don't like the look and feel of this. And um, if you knock it out of the park, you're, you're good. You keep going. But if, if you don't nail it, if the look and feel, you know, the where the buttons are, the colors, the way everything kind of works together, the the experience that they're going to get, they're not quite reading it quite right. That might be another couple weeks of work, you know, and that might throw off schedules and might might cause some some problems. So um, I've just noticed, while it doesn't happen very often, um, oftentimes it's just it's fairly simple things. Sometimes people can't kind of imagine through it all you know which is why we do interface designs and things and if they're not quite picturing it all how do you kind of pull out from them where there might be problems and so what we have to do is we have to say um oftentimes we narrow it down to like there might be one thing there might be um the the boxes have round corners and they really wanted um you know square corners mm -hmm. and it's it, this that's just an example, but sometimes little things like that, someone might say they they dislike the whole design because of that. So it's important to kind of narrow in what they dislike because you can make those little adjustments and suddenly the di design is like, oh, that's perfect, that's that's wonderful. Um, sometimes you might ask early on in the project, are there any projects that um, you've seen or that you guys have done where um, everyone's really where either you like it or or you're your audience has really liked it because mm -hmm. if you can pull mm -hmm. some things from that, not only is it consistent, but 
um, it might already kind of help you head down a direction. So, um, uh, yeah, I bring up interface designs because it's the sort of thing where you could easily add another couple weeks onto the schedule if um, it seems that there's problems. And sometimes, too, with the prototypes what we just talked about, sometimes if we really feel like this user interface is like going to be such a, a, a great approach, but the client is like, I'm just not feeling it. It could be because they're not imagining what's in your head. And so you yeah, build out a, yeah. a quick prototype. And, you know, sometimes that's additional time you have to take, but you might be able to show that to them and they go, whoa, th- you know, this is great. Um, I'll say too, sometimes because those are the early stages, you might not have exactly their content in there. Oh, yeah. Th- I just wanted to say that. Yeah, they might not be able to make that leap where it's like, um, oh, yeah, I can absolutely picture this, you know, because yes. you've got something else in there. Yeah, we had a laugh with, with one of my friends. He develops web pages. And uh, <laughs> we were discussing, you know, this creative process and so on. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're busting your ass trying to be creative <laughs> and things. And then you show the client like the demo or something. And the first thing they, they say is, what is this lorem ipsum? Like, oh, can't you see the design? <laughs> yeah. Someone said to us... Um we were talking to to someone and they had their kind of creative director in the room and the creative director said, now I see lorem ipsum here. That I see a lot on templates people download. This Is this a template you guys just downloaded that you're going to try to fill in the information? And, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, no, 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 no. It, it, lorem ipsum is just commonly used in place of text, you know, in, in content. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, so um, we. Th- I thought that uh, you know, oh, don't say that out loud. <laughs> that makes it seem like we just downloaded a template, and we didn't. We spent a lot of time on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on that lovely note, it's time to wrap up our 18th episode. Uh, Dave, please tell us where can people find you? Are you on the interwebs? I am. I am. Um, well, now. I mean, earlier in my life, I wasn't, but I am now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if people need custom e-learning development, they can check out uh, illumingroup.com, I-L-L-U-M-E-N-G-R-O-U-P.com, spell that out. Um, and if you need templates and want to watch some of the videos that I create, you can check out elearninglocker.com. Yes. And uh, I am on the Twitters at Dave underscore Charney, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y. And how about you, Nate? So where can people find you? Also on the interwebs. Uh, you can uh-huh. find me on Twitter under nickname NEJCD or Nate's the, and also on elearningbrewery.com where you can contact me for your e-learning needs. That's that. Have a great time developing great e-learning stuff and talk to you whenever the next episode comes out. Yep. Take care, everyone, and happy e-learning. So, uh, scheduling, getting projects projects done. Ugh. Come on, Nate. You know how to speak. Cut.